and Jacks of Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm Joe Galina. And as always, I'm joined by my friend, Scott Chu. What's going on there, Scott? Just battling the world of technology and health mm. Mm. and everything else, really, that the universe rains down upon me. But I'm here, I'm kicking it, and uh, we're ready to go. Glad to hear that. And it's funny that you mentioned rains because I wanted to mention that the uh, New York City metropolitan area this morning, Scott, we were woken up by what people were calling a thunder bomb. It's uh, some of the loudest thunder you've ever heard, Scott. It, it shook buildings. And uh, I'm just thinking that maybe it was just the sound of the two bombs, the home runs that Aaron Judge hit against the Royals on Sunday. We're recording this uh, podcast, by the way, Monday, May 2nd. Uh, I mean, I'm not a scientist, Scott, but I'm not sure how long it takes for the sound to travel when you hit a mammoth home run like Aaron Judge did, especially that first one, because uh, that first one, man, he just crushed it. And uh, Yankee announcer John Sterling was so moved by the shot that he had to ask to take a moment before he could describe how far it went. It was moving. And the pitch swung on and hit in the air to deep center. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Oh, what a shot. I'll describe how far it went in a moment. It is a true Judgian blast. Aaron Judge on Judgment Day. He, he comes home. Here comes the judge. Yeah, I mean, the ball's still moving, right? It's probably rolling down some hill somewhere in, in you know, somewhere in Iowa or whatever. I don't remember what way the stadium points, but yeah, it was a heck of a... Heck of a bomb, heck of a performance from him. As I mentioned in the first pitch podcast uh, Monday morning, he, I mean, he's been the number, you know, as of Monday morning, he was the number one outfielder in fantasy. He's been showing off all the power that he's got. And uh, again, I I didn't want to say that I think that he's going to threaten 50 home runs again. I'm just saying that if he was going to threaten 50 home runs again, he needs months like he had in April to happen again. Right. Uh, and I guess he's also trying to show that he's worth all that money that he's asking for. Right. Uh, you know, then the contract negotiations. Is this the time? I mean, should I jump to I was going to save this for later, but Aaron Judge on your hitter list there, Scott, uh, number 19 and, and Mookie Betts is uh, still ahead of him at 18. And I'm looking at the, the recent numbers, right? Uh, and this is, I guess, as of going into Monday's action, you had Mookie Betts batting 231, 348 OBP, 372 slug, three homers, six RBI. And Aaron Judge entered Monday's action with eight home runs, 16 RBI, 300 batting average, 663 slug. Um, I'm going to take you to task because I'm a Yankee fan and I'm a homer. But uh, uh, what's the criteria that you use? I mean, is past performance a little bit of the uh, the uh, maybe reputation or talk to me yeah so it's a little bit of everything first the hardest part about the list is that i'm supposed to make it as if we're in a vacuum but there's no such thing as the vacuum we're all in our own contexts we're all in our own situations where certain stats matter more than others for example in roto those stolen bases that moki can do sure. that darren judge can't those make a big difference. But really what I want to talk about, and I'm glad you brought this up, Joe, because you didn't know I was going to want to talk about this. I but didn't. I, actually <laughs> I tweeted this a little earlier, and I want to talk about – this is actually – I'm going to talk about Kyle Schwarber for a second. Okay. Kyle Schwarber coming into the weekend was slumping terribly, right? Coming into the weekend, he was hitting – he had a 273 OBP. 
He had a 295 Woba. He was only slugging 388. That was a 90 WRC plus. He then plays the Mets for three games. Notably, one of those games, he goes zero for zero. He takes all walks. Yeah, he doesn't have any hits. But he gets he has four hits over the weekend. Four. Four hits. His batting line after the weekend, after those four hits, 318 OBP. So that's up almost 50 points. Mm-hmm. 520 slug. That's up over 130 points. That Woba is now 388. It went from 295 to 388. Wow. The Woba. The WRC plus goes from 90 to 138. That's over the weekend. Mm-hmm. So when you bring up something like, okay, so Mookie's doing this and Aaron Judge is doing this, I'm not going to take away from Aaron Judge. I'm just going to say if Mookie Betts has has a good series, right. the whole outlook changes. It's still happening. And so part of what goes into the list is me having to remember that. It's going it, it to – I can't – like I know that these players have talent. I know that Mookie Betts is great. And if, if I were to drop him down just because he's had a bad – like 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 I mentioned this morning – very barely any players have a hundred plate appearances yet. Right. If I bring him down, yeah, it's going to take one weekend for me to look really, really stupid. Yeah. We're just, I'm not opposed. I'm not opposed to looking stupid. I do it all the time. Right. It comes naturally to me, but it's still something that I have to be weary of. And it's something I have to just con- like the, Kyle Schwarber was a great example. Like, yeah, it was four hits. It's three home runs. He went four for eight. Plus he had three walks. And that just changed everything about his batting line. But like that's still, that was 11 plate appearances. They were 11 good ones, but it was 11 plate appearances to change your WRC plus from 90, which is 10% below average to 138, which is 38% better than average, mm-hmm. right? To go from slugging 388 bleh, to 520. Yay. 11 plate appearances like i can't stress that enough like that's the number one thing right now that goes in the list my list is still heavily impacted but by by what my projections were injuries change things but generally speaking if unless i've seen a major shift in talent i can't move them that much now i'm willing to move guys right i've moved ty france say suzuki i've let them fly up but but certain players i just have to give more time because a Kyle Schwarber will have these three home run weekends. And when he does, it changes the whole batting line still. So it's just, it's still a lot of patience. I know it's May, so it feels like we need to do stuff, but it's not normal May. Mm-hmm. It's like a week and a half behind May. Like two weeks even, if you count the fact that it was a short spring. Like, there's still, there's still time. Okay, fair. That's a, a a great comeback. So I just I didn't even plan on starting with that, but uh, since I mentioned Judge, it just came to mind. So, uh, but uh, very good defense on your part, and you don't need to defend it. I just you know was just giving you a little grief because uh, you know I'm a Yankee fan and I want to see my Yankees represented uh, as favorably as possible. Just like you know you're a Tiger fan, and it's probably killing you that uh, Badu is. Uh, uh, you know, slumping, but I mean, I, you know, it's not going to last, but it's just, Oh, you it want, might. You, you just I mean, wonder how, how long they're going to wait. You know, I mean, if Riley green, uh, you know, gets healthy, I mean, is it possible that they might, you know, send Badu down and, 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 you know, promote green 
to the... Uh... I don't think they're going to need... I mean, just to talk about something like that, and I know we want to talk about some some recent promotions anyway, yeah, but yeah. with Akil Badu, what's tough for him is that teams have to act a little before we do as fantasy managers, right? Yeah. Because they have a lot more things going on. They have a lot more moving parts. The problem with Badu is that he does still have options, and it would be very easy for them to send him back down just mm-hmm. to get his head right, right so he can come back up. Uh, they're trying to give him low pressure at bats at the bottom of the order. And if that doesn't work, the next step is to get lower pressure at bats in triple a before mm-hmm. bringing him back up. They don't need Riley green to be ready. They've got moving pieces in the outfield that they can use until then mm-hmm. until Bedu's ready to come back and at least platoon. So they don't need to be overly patient here. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they do that. And, and accordingly I've been moving him down. He started the year uh, in the preseason. He was number 100 on my hitter list right now. I think he's like 148. And next week, he's most likely going to fall off. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a bummer. I'm willing to move, guys. But you know who I'm not willing to move that much are the Mookie Betts's, the the Aaron Judges, the Kyle Schwarbers, because there's level there's a level of talent there that just can't be replicated out on the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. There's a pedigree, right? Yeah. Uh, as well. So, um, all right. So uh, let's talk about some recent news. Uh, th- this affects me because uh, I, I roster him in two on two teams. Mitch Hanniger, you have any shares uh, of Mitch Hanniger? Because uh, you know, first he was out due to COVID uh, for uh, over a week. You know, sometimes these guys go on the COVID IL and they come right back. But comes back first game, gets a base hit in his first at bat. But in that at bat, hurts his ankle swinging the bat. High ankle sprain, going to be out for weeks. So, uh, you know, the Seattle, they've got Winker and Kellenic playing the corners in Monday's uh, lineup today. Like I said, we're recording this on uh, May 2nd. And uh, Julio Rodriguez, who's been hitting, uh, uh, who's been heating up, uh, playing center. So you just wonder uh, how long, uh, I guess a similar question to, to the Badu question now, Kellenick has really been slumping. So how how long do you think the Mariners are going to keep unrolling Kellenick out there? I mean, the guy's batting, uh, entering Monday's action, he's batting 141 with a 211 OBP. He's got two home runs and eight RBI and three stolen bases. But, you know, has a 259 batting average against fastballs. Don't expect to see any more of those, uh, Mr. Kellenick, right? And then you got Kyle Lewis, uh, 2020 Rookie of the Year, starting a rehab assignment. So, Maybe if Lewis, you know, finishes that rehab assignment, uh, you know, Kellenick might uh, be well off if he uh, could maybe get some at-bats against some AAA pitching, no? So that's where the pressure is, right? It's when do they have to do something with Kellenick? He's already up. It's no longer a game of, you know, is he going to trigger any sort of you know, extra contract years or anything about that. It's all now just about, do we have a place for him to play most days, right? Cause the one thing I think they won't do is bench Kalanick on the major league roster. He's either going to play most of the time, like large side of platoon, or he's going to go down to triple a. I think when Kyle Lewis comes back, if he isn't performing better, they're, they're going to have too good of a reason, I think, to send him down and let him get right, let him focus on pitch recognition, let him focus on, you know, identifying some of those breaking balls, uh, get some confidence back. I mean, these are the same things they would do with Akil Badu. Uh, I think that's what we're going to be watching. And we just need these guys to make an adjustment. 
Now, mm-hmm. they can make adjustments. We've seen them make the adjustments, right? We watched Kellenic make this adjustment last season towards the end of the season. That's why all the excitement came back for him, right? We watched Badu make this uh we watched him make this adjustment several times throughout the season, changing his play discipline, changing his batted ball profile, changing the way he approached in the box. Like all those things can happen. It just might not happen at the major league level, which might do you some good in redraft because you can either use an NA spot or you can more safely cut a guy. But anyway, that's the stuff that has to happen. And the only thing that you can really hang your hat on with Kellenic and with Badu is that at least they've made this kind of adjustment before. Yeah. Um, and I think we should spend the, uh, just another minute on Julio Rodriguez, who, uh, like I mentioned, really coming on leading the league with nine stolen bases there, Scott batting average uh, up to two thirty four. Uh, hit his first home run this past Sunday. And that, like I said, we're quoting stats as of heading into Monday morning, but uh, last 49 at bats batting 306 with a 370 OBP. Uh, there was a common theme that many felt that the umpires were squeezing him, right? That he was getting too many uh, bad strike calls, but he's adjusted and, you know, doing well. And uh, he's a guy that I really invested in a lot in the preseason drafts. I, I actually overdrafted him and drafted him early because I had so much confidence in him and I'm feeling good that at least he's, he's, you know, bounced back a little bit. Yeah. And he's got your nine stolen bases. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's just, you probably didn't expect him to have that many for another two months. So, so, I mean, that was, that was really big. You know, I actually talked about it again on the first pitch podcast. You guys should listen to that every morning. Absolutely. I think that he's, he's finding another gear there and you'll notice that over the last, you know, about week, week and a half, he's also really improved the plate discipline where he's walking more slightly above average or around average, like 8% and he's striking out slightly better than average in like the low 20%, close to 20%. So that's the key. You're seeing the plate discipline change. You're seeing the results change. He his first home run of the season. Uh, recently he he's doing all these great things. So now what we get is to just kind of what we get to watch him go, right? He's, he's going to get to ride this hot streak for a little while because teams now have to figure out a new way to get this guy out. So we get to watch the good stuff for a while. I, you know, I'm just such a huge fan of Julio Rodriguez and the things mm-hmm. that he do. I called him a, uh, I said he could have a starling Marte like impact on your fantasy roster. If he, in fact, continues to make these adjustments, that's maybe even hit for more power than Stolen Marte. Right. Now, obviously, we're talking top end of what what this guy's capable of. But but that's the type of player you're looking at. Sounds at the highest concentration of medical lines I've seen in my life. Even if the power doesn't come as quickly as we think it could, he could still be Starling Marte. Right. Mm -hmm. That's what a second round pick. I mean, that which is not when you had to drive Julio. I mean, there's just such huge upside here and this is not a sell high. This is also not a time to try to go to go acquire. I mean, I think if you have Julio Rodriguez, this is what you wanted to see. This is why you rostered him in the first place. Mm -hmm. So get the good stuff right now. Juice the orange right now. Mm, Absolutely. Um, Any waiver wire moves that you made that uh, like to share? I mean, I picked up uh, Edward Olivares outfielder for the Royals. Uh, I feel his playing time should increase. 
uh, with Adabelter, I can't even speak, Adabelter Mondesi uh, suffering a season and an injury uh, towards ACL, which would make uh, Whit Mirafield move from the outfield to play some second base. So they need, uh, Roars would need some outfielders. And I think that Edward Olivares could fit the bill. And uh, like I said, today's Monday and righty batting Olivares led off of the Royals today against the right-handed pitcher, which I, I think is pretty big. Uh, Olivares, good power, speed combo. We just have to worry that uh, maybe outfielder Kyle Isbell, who was recently called up, doesn't get too much playing time, might squeeze him out a little bit. Yeah, and Olivares got jerked around by the Royals all year mm. uh, in 2021. They just kept sending him up and down. I can't believe he has any options left because he just constantly was up and down. So I, I do think there's some power and speed here. This is like a 15-team speculation kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Certainly 10 and 12-teamers, you don't care. But something something to look at because there is some power and speed. And anyone who has a shot to lead off, and this team will be looking for someone to lead off. Now, you'd think they would just immediately settle for Whit Merrifield and Nicky Lopez, but they may not. Nicky Lopez is off to a slow start. Mer- Whit Merrifield's off to a slow start. Yeah. I could definitely see them looking in another direction. Yeah, shocking to see Whit Merrifield struggles because he's such a almost an automatic, at least when it came to batting average, right? The, the power kind of has dissipated, but last year uh, had 40 stolen bases. Uh, previous seasons hit in the high 280s and the low 300 range to see him at, at a 151 um you know it's not something that you're used to seeing but uh go ahead you know i i wrote the batter's box for several years i can already picture you know the the may 17th article or whatever that i'd be typing out that says you know Mer- Whit merrifield extended his multi-hit streak to six games uh, scored two more runs and his second stolen base this mm. week. Like that, that's the kind of thing that I kind of keep waiting to happen. Just like Kyle Schwarber. I know I keep bringing up this little thing, but, but that's cause that's what these elite players are capable of. Yep. That's what happens when they figure stuff out and they've got the leg up on a pitcher. They will absolutely go to town on these guys. So Whit Merrifield having three straight multi-hit games or five or 10, isn't that weird? It's just not that weird for him. I mean, he can go a whole season, which he actually has. He can go like a whole season without having back-to-back games where he doesn't get on base, hmm. right? Like he he can do that kind of thing. So uh, I'm less worried about him. Edward Olivares, again, mildly interesting. I think the big news is just that you saw a lot of roster turnover uh, at the end of the weekend, right, coming into today. And that was because the April roster expansion finally got cut down. And teams can no longer have those expanded roster spots. And so we saw, we, we do see some players like coming in and going out that are, that are of note. And, and I think one you put in the notes was very interesting. And that was uh Willie Calhoun. Hmm. And I, the only reason I wanted to call out Willie Calhoun is because like, there's this, there's this corner of, of fantasy players out there who just really want him to become this 30 home run, uh, 270 hitting guy that we've always wanted him to be but geez it looks like it's over folks hmm. um, he's actually older than Nomar Mazzara and, and we've seen his career arc right and I have a really bad feeling that that's what's happening with Willie Calhoun as well hmm. yeah he, he's been hit with some bad luck as well you know you get hit I think in the head or in the jaw uh, with a pitch and, it, and he's also been a little injury prone 
but re- really good hit tool. And uh, he's getting sent down to the AAA. Willie Calhoun for the Rangers uh, is also asking to be traded. One quick thing before we move off of the Royals and with Merrifield, I, th- I think for new fantasy players, and you kind of alluded to it, I think it's worth just mentioning again for a minute. You could learn something from Whit Merrifield's struggles. Now, you're, you're looking at his pedigree, what he's done in the past, hit for high average and a lot of stolen bases and, you know, moderate power. And so you look at him this season, walk rate, K rate, just about the same as it's always been. But based on his history, you know, you could you could sit him until he gets out of this funk, but you're not going to be dropping somebody like like a Whit Merrifield. Oh, God, no. Mm. Right. Like, so I know a lot of people right now are really kind of honed in on expected stats and they they really want to be able to use StatCast. Keep in mind that StatCast data has sample size problems too, and that they have the same sample size problem as most stats do right now. But it is worth noting that his WRC plus of 301 is the same exact one that he had last season, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. He's... He's not performing as poorly as you might think he is, especially when you look at some of the deeper quality of contact data. He he's never been like a huge quality of contact guy, but you know, even now, even with essentially a lost month, uh, I, I could really see him putting up a 10 home run, 30 stolen base season yeah. with 80 ish run scored. Is that a little down from what you probably hoped for? Yes. Will the final batting average be a little bit soft? Yeah, probably. But who cares? Right? Like he can get pretty much everything. You can still get almost everything you reasonably expected out of him, out of him still. Mm -hmm, Right? mm -hmm. Like it's only been a little while. That's like, again, I can't keep stressing this enough. Like this is a guy who in a full season normally has what? He's crossed 700 plate appearances in each of his last three full seasons, right? He's at plate appearance coming into Monday's action, plate appearance 89. Still a lot more plate appearances for him to have this season. Mm -hmm. So that's really, to me, the thing that you just, you can't stop thinking about. 89 plate appearances is going to seem like a lot, but like contextually it's not. And again, rolling charts hooray rolling charts you can go look this is not the worst this is not the worst slump of his career right it's just not yeah i mean that's not where we are and it's okay he's slumping it's a normal thing and his final projections just haven't changed that much because all it takes is a good week and everything looks normal right very good point uh Chaz McCormick, by the way, another guy that I picked up off the waiver wire in, in another league, and it's a, it's a 15 teamer where we're starting five outfielders and another league where I had Mitch Hanniger. So I picked him up because I saw he had been putting up decent numbers batting average wise. The power wasn't there yet, but uh, had been leading off of the Astros. And then uh, today, uh, on Monday the second, Jose Altuve comes off the IL, and the Astros dropped uh, McCormick back down uh, to the seventh spot in the lineup. So uh, showed some power and speed in the minor leagues. I'm just hoping that uh, he will continue to get regular bats. And I think he should. And who I did drop for him is Jose Siri, who we had talked about. You have failed me for the last time. And Siri was starting to uh, sit. So uh, that's another thing I guess everyone should be paying attention to as well. 
And we talked about this with Bryson Stott last week, where Bryson Stott for a week was being benched, and then eventually he was uh, sent down to AAA. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with McCormick, but I just want to mention. Also, you know, another thing I noticed about McCormick, dropped his K rate from 32.5 last season to 18.3. So keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah, anything can happen. I think with the the Astros, number one, they're mostly still just tickled pink about uh, Jose or Jeremy Pena, right? Now, first of all, I mean, they've got to just be thrilled about that. And it probably takes a sting out of Yuli Gurriel having a slump. We're, we're right. seeing Kyle Tucker turn it around with Chaz McCormick and really with, with Jose Siri, I think this team is still trying to figure out what to do with this sort of last spot on their roster, this center field spot. We talked about this a bit late last season. They just don't have a great center fielder on the team. I mean, Chaz McCormick is probably the best they got. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's fine, I guess. Um, certainly not anyone I'm terribly excited about anywhere. Uh, they'd love for Jose Siri, I think, to be a little better. But the problem for him is that he's just going to be very streaky because he's a very aggressive hitter. Uh, he's just really, I mean, he's interesting from a fantasy perspective because of the power speed, but that's about it. Aledmus Diaz can't play any center field. Nico Goodrum, I can tell you, is not a center fielder either. Mm. Uh, it's weird how like they've got this one glaring sort of hole on the roster. I keep wondering how they're going to deal with it. They've got two more uh, outfielders on the IL right now and Taylor Jones and Jake Myers, but Taylor Jones is more of like a big masher. He's not a center fielder. Uh, Jake Myers, he could play it, but I mean, Chaz McCormick is going to get chance. I say all that just say Chaz McCormick is going to get chances because this team doesn't have anyone else. Right. Who else is going to play center? So I think he'll keep, I think he's going to sit a little more, but there's no, like someone has to win this job. Mm-hmm. He's probably the best bet to do so. Yeah. So I'll keep my fingers crossed. And uh, like I said, he's been in the lineup every day, was at the top of that lineup for a while, but now that Altuve is back, Altuve is, is uh, reinstated from the IL, uh, he got moved down in the lineup. So we'll, we'll see what happens. And as far as Jeremy Pena, I guess they're a little surprised, but look, they knew how good he was as well. I mean, the guy put up some pretty good numbers in the minor leagues, but no doubt that, uh, and I, I roster him in uh, two leagues as well. So uh, thankfully he's gotten off to a real quick start. Um, you had alluded to the uh, fact that teams were trimming their rosters down from 28 to 26 uh, today, May, uh, as of, today that was it may 1st or was it may 2nd that they had to get that done by i believe they actually had to be have it done by may 2nd yeah. because you know the sunday was the may 1st the teams finished those series and then a lot of players got moved by the yeah. end of the day all right so there were a couple of other names that we'll go over uh also uh we'll talk about a couple of players that got promoted and we'll talk about that right after this Hey, Alex Fast here, and thanks for listening to this podcast on the Pitcher List Podcast Network. If you're a fan, consider supporting all of us by getting a PL Plus subscription, where you're going to get an ad-free website and get access to our Discord, where you can talk to all of our podcast hosts and staff. Plus, you can hang out with our incredible Pitcher List community. It's basically a baseball sanctuary year-round for as low as $8 a month. You can sign up at PitcherList.com backslash plus, and you're going to get your first month free with promo code 
podcast. Also, don't forget to check out everything else we do as well, from YouTube videos, live streams, newsletters, off-season articles, TikToks, breakdowns, over 15 baseball podcasts on our network. We can't stop talking about baseball, even during the off-season. So sign up for PL Plus today at pitcherlist.com backslash plus and use promo code podcast to get your first month free. All right. Thanks for listening. Let's get back to the show. All right, we're back. Hacks and Jacks, a fantasy baseball podcast. Joe Galina, Scott Chu. And Scott, uh, uh, you know, not really any fantasy value anymore, but uh, there was a lot uh, to do about, uh, at least on the, the local news here in New York, because of all the years that he spent with the Yankees. But uh, Mets DFA'd Robinson Cano. Uh, I guess Dominic Smith, I think he went four for four on Sunday and kind of almost saved the season, but the Mets probably had made up their mind anyway. But uh, they're paying him $40 million to walk, was batting 195 uh, with a 233 OBP and 268. I'm sure he'll end up someplace, but his days as a fantasy player uh, are uh, over. No? Yeah, I mean... Thanks to projection systems having to give him some kind of credit for being the type of hitter he's been over his career. He had a little bit of buzz in the back end of deep drafts, but that's all gone now. It's just, it's not really there. I can't imagine a whole lot is going to keep happening. He might keep playing in the minor leagues. Maybe they'll just pay him to to be done, but he's, I mean, he just can't really contribute at the major league level anymore. And you mentioned Dom Smith. He did go four for four. Uh, He had a double with a run scored and three RBI. But I'll tell you that he also isn't playing every day. Right. Even though they have a DH now. Mm -hmm. And that just, I mean, that just leads me to believe that the the Mets never were going to play Dom Smith or J.D. Davis, two guys who have really been sort of like tied together ever since they become Mets. Like they're, those two guys, like they're never, they're just never going to be full-time players for the Mets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The Mets just don't see them that way because they have, they have every opportunity to do it and they're just not going to. And so if anything, yeah. it just lets you finally move on. Yeah. He'll show some flashes and you'll see some stat cast data that makes you like Dominic Smith. He does it to us every year, but mm-hmm. stop because the Mets don't like him. Right. And if the Mets don't like him, there's, it doesn't matter how much you like him because mm-hmm. he ain't going to play. Best thing that could happen to him to him for his fantasy value would obviously if he he got traded he'd he'd start someplace uh he'd start on another team Uh, i firmly believe that anywhere else he he at least he'd at least play most of the time Mm -hmm. (laughs) right instead of like half the time right yeah and uh, who could argue with what the mets are doing because they have the best record in the nl and you know who has the best record in baseball scott no joe please tell me who has the best (laughs) <laughs> the New York Yankees. Oh, uh, wow, Joe. That, I had no idea that was coming. Wow. Wow. Josh Lowe got sent down to AAA. Uh, A's, uh, not the A's, the Rays outfielder. Uh, I'm sure we're going to see him back in the majors before the season's over, but 38% K rate, 188 batting average, a home run, nine runs scored, six RBI. Uh, he just needed to uh he was being overmatched no yeah and if you're in a really really deep league one of my favorite young players who was a tiger isn't anymore isak paredes got called up Hmm. he's someone to just 
it, look in the real deep leagues, keep an eye on this kid has a really, really nice hit tool. He's awesome with the bat. Can't do a whole lot else. He's not a great runner. He's mm-hmm. not a great athlete, but he's really good with the bat. So I, I think, especially while G man Choi is down for the race, he's going to continue to get playing time and uh, just someone to keep an eye on, right? There's a reason the Rays are a crafty team, right? And you don't see them losing trades very often. There's a reason they flipped Austin Meadows, who's doing quite well for the Tigers, for Isak Paredes, a infield prospect without a position that most people hadn't heard heard of, right? Mm. There's a reason that they traded a 30 home run player for that. And I think that's something to just keep watching as the season goes on and as he continues to get chances. Yeah, you've been talking about him for a while, so I'm going to keep my eye on him. Um, yeah, I didn't even realize, I forgot that he got traded to the Rays. So, um, and um, let's see, Jose Miranda got promoted, joining the Twins, right? Miguel Sano dealing with a knee injury that might need surgery. Uh, Kyle Garlic dealing with a right calf strain. You got Alex Kirilov still on the IL with a wrist injury, starting a rehab assignment. But basically, the Twins need healthy bodies at this point. Miranda can play all over the infield, can even play a little outfield in a pinch. Uh, but a real good hit tool on Miranda. Do you? Th- I would think that that he's going to get at least semi regular at bats with. Uh, the players I mentioned still on the IL. Yeah, so it sounds like what they're going to do is they're actually going to move Luis Arias to first base to be their primary first baseman. And then I think that Jose Miranda's coming in to serve the Luis Arias role, mm. which is the do-everything guy. Right. Right? I mean, that was kind of the – that was the messaging they were putting out on Sunday. Luis Arias, interestingly, is like the – the human opposite of Miguel Sano, Mm -hmm. right? In that he makes tons of contact and almost never misses when Miguel Sano like exclusively misses when he swings uh, and occasionally hits home runs. Luis Arias never hits home runs, but constantly makes contact. Uh, I I think that Miranda's mildly interesting. He's not going to get enough playing time for your 10 or your 12 teamers. And even in a 15 teamer, I want to see him playing more than three times a week before I make the ad. But, Worth a look. He was someone that we were more excited about in the preseason, but the way the roster's shaken out, it hasn't worked out for him. I am looking forward to Alex Kirilov coming back, though. Yeah. However, I do think that Kirilov's return will probably uh, mark the end of time for Jose Miranda because they'll probably put Kirilov at first, Arias back in his old role, mm-hmm. and then Miranda goes back to the minors. Yeah. You know who's uh, actually been. Well, not surprising so much as he's had good uh, success in the minor leagues, but as a guy that doesn't get talked about much, Trevor Larnick, uh, 451 minor league career slug, doesn't have a home run yet, but seven RBI in 52 at-bats, 288 batting average has been coming on. So uh, I had to add him in a very deep league as well. But Yeah, uh, yeah and I mean, really him, Kirilov, Larnick and Brent Rooker all are kind of this same vein of like first base corner outfield kind of player. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I wondered how any one of them was going to get any major opportunity, but this has been a good shot for 
uh, I think for Larnick to make an impression, he's done somewhat well. I wish that he could do just a little bit more. I'd love to see him have like a, like a two home run game or something just a little bit noisier mm-hmm. to give him a chance to sort of lock himself in somewhere yep. uh, in sort of regular at bats. But unfortunately I, I do think he's going to get lost back in the muddle as more and more of the, the twins roster gets healthy. Which is a shame because, like I said, lately he's been coming on. You know, uh, when I ended up picking him up off the waiver wire for like a buck, uh, you know, it took him a while, but he started to heat up. But uh, I see your point that you know he might be squeezed out a little bit. Um, Jorge Polanco, since we're talking twins, enough of a, a track record, enough of a pedigree where this slow start uh doesn't worry you too much and and past couple of days he's been hitting the ball a little bit better but uh heading into Monday's action 195 batting average the K rate went from 18.3 to 25.6 from last year to this year but uh, the good thing is that he's walking a bunch he's uh walking almost twice as much as he did last season and still has a 303 OBP Yeah I mean I'll take that like you mentioned, just on Sunday, two for five with two doubles, mm-hmm. uh, run scored four RBI. I, as you can see, I have my first pitch notes right in front of me, but uh, <laughs> he, he had a great day. But I mean, that's all it's going to take for him. The, the AL Central is surprisingly wide open right now due to all the injuries that have happened for the White Sox and the fact that no team's really been trying too hard to run away with this division uh, for what, at least for what we can think of in terms of season long. So Polanco's going to hit in the middle of this lineup. I think this lineup is hitting a lot better than it did last season because, of course, we knew it was going to because it was just better than it looked on paper last year. So, I mean, I'm willing to put up with it because, yeah, I mean, even if he doesn't do 30 home runs and he's 25 home runs, I still think he can get that batting average way up there real quick. It's only going to take a couple multi-hit games. I think that there's still power there. And I think he's going to get plenty of RBI uh, hitting right in the middle of that order. So, Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I'll keep holding on Polanco. And if anyone's getting antsy, I would happily take him off their hands. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you a, a little grief about your hitter list when it comes to Polanco. Um, don't take it personal, of course, but Jazz Chisholm, uh, 65th and Jorge Polanco, 47th. Um, Chisholm, you know, he's having a nice season. Those strikeouts are still high. Yeah, they last season was twenty eight point six. This season twenty nine point two. But um, why do you hate Jazz Chisholm? Yeah, great question, right? So uh, <laughs> I, I don't hate him. I'll say two things about Jazz Chisholm. Number one, the floor is scary low, mm-hmm. right? We, we've seen what that floor looks like for Jazz Chisholm when he's not doing what he needs to do, and it's ugly. Number two, the main thing that drives his value is stolen bases. There are a lot of times when stolen bases, one, they're fluky. Two, uh, they don't matter so much in every single format. And number three, uh, they're very dependent on what's going on at the time, mm-hmm. right? So uh, Jazz Chisholm, again, I, I think this year he's really going to be pushing to be that 25-25 guy we want him to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the batting average is obviously a little fluky right now. But it's probably going to come down quite a bit based on his plate discipline and based on what we've seen from him. Yeah. But yeah, even if he goes, you know, he probably goes back down to being like a 240, 250 hitter, uh, maybe a little worse if he's slumping. And then, you know, all of a sudden he now looks a lot more volatile. Whereas mm-hmm. I think Polanco just has the safer floor. He might not get you the steals. And if, if you're in a roto league, I think it's a lot easier to rank jazz chisel higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, I 
I focus these rankings on head to head categories. Uh, sort of like it's not points certainly. And, and it's not quite as steal and save hungry as Roto. So that just bumps him down a little bit. And also I do expect Polanco to turn this around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, but uh, I, I think that, uh, and I think you touched upon it. I think that Chisholm could uh, be a 2020 guy uh, this season. Yeah. The, that batting average right now, a little high and it's going to level off, but eh, we'll see what happens. But uh, let's move on to uh, another um, uh, top prospect that's that got the call today, Monday the 2nd, uh, for the Royals' MJ Melendez, top catcher prospect. Uh, the Royals' backup catcher, Cam Gallagher, uh, hitting the IL with a hamstring injury. And I got to say, Scott, I looked at Melendez's numbers, and all I hear is, oh, he's great. you know. And I, I was a little surprised that the guy in five minor league seasons has 237 batting average. Now, the guy hit 41 home runs and drove in 103 runs in uh, 2021 and uh, between the double a and triple a affiliate for the Royals. But the batting average kind of surprised me, but uh, uh, what's your take on uh, Melendez and how much playing time do you think he's going to get? I mean, um, he's played nine games at third base in his career, but you're not going to move Bobby Witt Jr. for him. Uh, I guess he could DH of course. Um, And he's also played a couple of games in the outfield uh, in the minor leagues. How much playing time do you think uh, he gets? Yeah, I mean, this is all about Cam Gallagher hitting the IL. Mm. Uh, and when we talk about MJ Melendez and his minor league track record, we mean last season, right? Mm. He exploded last season, came out in a big way. Uh, and really what we saw was a brand new approach. He had he showed us big power and he showed us much better plate discipline. The plate discipline seems stable so far this season, even though he hasn't been hitting in AAA yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did have two home runs and three steals, which is interesting. But really there's a couple things Melendez has number one, he's left-handed, right? So that's going to add a left-handed bat into the Royals lineup. Whereas the guy he's replacing cam Gallagher, I, I believe is right-handed. So he, he wasn't as obvious of platoon. So Melendez can do that. He can be that part-time catcher to give Sal Perez those days off, right? They don't need him catching every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, he's a lefty. He can DH for you. He's got power. He's a good enough hitter to be a DH. I think that, He'll get a few spot starts here and there. Ultimately, we probably see him three to four times a week. Maybe it gives him relevance in two catcher leagues. Uh, probably not anywhere else right now. Um, he's, you know, he's interesting, but that plate discipline is, I think, going to be really hard for him to maintain at the major league level. Mm. Uh, he very well could do it. I do expect him to maybe struggle a little bit, or if he gets off to a hot start, to then hit a wall because he's going to see some things at this level that he couldn't, that he just couldn't prepare for in the minors. But overall, I do like him. I do think he's a prospect on the rise. I think mm-hmm. that uh, he, he's definitely someone to be excited about in those deeper leagues, but in the 10 or 12 team leagues, like that Nick usually talks about Melendez should be way off your radar, except for maybe as like a single day streaming starter. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, this is all about Cam Gallagher getting hurt because uh, I doubt that the Royals would have promoted uh, a guy like Melendez right now where he's batting 167 in his first 78 at-bats in AAA this season. But uh, interesting. Yeah, of course, it's always exciting when, you know, a top prospect or a young player gets called up. But uh, 
is it too early, Scott, to start stashing some prospects? Because I'm looking at the Red Sox, who've scored the seventh fewest runs in baseball and came into uh, Monday's action batting 229 as a team. And you got Bobby Dalback, who finished the season pretty strong last year. Uh, we've talked about him on this podcast before. A lot of power. Unfortunately, uh, really getting off to a tough start this season, batting 147 with a 213 OBP, just one home run and three RBI in his first 68 at bats. And I mean, and I round up, so his 30.7 K rate becomes 31 to me. Um, you know, I mean, is, is it time maybe for the the Sox to call up uh, a Tristan Cassis at this point? Well, so I think the thing about that is that he's not on the 40-man roster at the moment. Mm. And that's something I think that everyone should really be looking at. If you go to Roster Resource on Fangraphs, it's a good way to get an idea of who's more likely to be called up sooner uh, rather than later. And that's going to be players currently on the 40-man roster because otherwise they have to take someone off the 40-man roster. And teams Mm. don't always love doing that. So when you go and look at the outfield options in triple a for the red Sox. you you really just see the the two names that stand out that's jaron duran and jalen davis jalen davis being someone they picked up off waivers uh who's more you know who's not really quite so exciting as a prospect uh at all but there are a lot of outfielders that they have down in triple a and i think that you know they could they could go after jaron duran but ultimately i have to get on my soapbox for a second and just say I don't stash a lot in 10 and 12 team leagues. So if you're in one of those 10 and 12 team leagues, be it Yahoo or CBS or ESPN, you probably aren't going to stash because there's just not the level of player out there right now that, that warrants a stash, even like an Adley Rutschman who, who could really be a, who could really be a special catcher. Isn't going to be a difference maker enough this season, right? There's not a Wander Franco out there to just be holding on to to see what happens right now. So no, probably not a Tristan Cassis right now. Maybe if he gets on the 40 man roster, we can talk even Jaron Duran, Jeter downs. Even that's probably not enough. I can't think of a lot of guys right now who I would think, you know, have to be rostered. If we were waiting on like a Spencer Torkelson, that's where we'd need. That's where we'd have to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and even then he's a little fringy in 12 teamers right now. Right. Right. So that's probably a more realistic outlook for prospects. Sorry to be the wet blanket, but that's just kind of how it looks right now. That's all right. But uh, I'm interested in Duran, at least to be on your watch list. I mean, you look what this guy's doing right now, 360 batting average, 450 OBP. I know that he did horribly in his initial uh, foray into the major leagues uh, in 33 games last season, had a 36% uh, K rate, but uh, walking 15% of the time, striking out 22% of the time. You look at that outfield with the Red Sox. I mean, uh, I love Enrique Hernandez, but he's batting 195. Jackie Bradley Jr. batting 147. Uh, no home runs. I mean, we'll see what happens. But uh, Nolan Gorman, the guy has 11 home runs and 16 RBI in his first 20 games. Unfortunately, has a 35% K rate to go along with it, but whispers that uh, the Cardinals are saying they're not going to do it, that uh, they're not ready to call him up yet. But uh, I guess if he did, you got got Tommy Edmond dealing with a minor hip issue, supposedly uh, won't be out too long, might even be in the lineup uh, on, on Tuesday. But uh, you have Corey Dickerson batting 200 as the Cords DH. Interested in Gorman or same same answer as uh, as before? 
Oh, I mean, in redraft, no, not mm-hmm. right now. Uh, but in, I mean, in dynasty or keeper, uh, yeah, sure, absolutely, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's been a prospect we've been paying attention to. I think, again, if he if he shows just you know, I don't want to necessarily say like a little more. That sounds like cheating. Just always say like a little more. But again, he's not on the forty man roster, right? right? So it's it's hard to see like a super clear path there so until he you know i'm i am going to give the same answer ultimately in that until he's on the 40-man roster i'm probably more on the outside looking in for him mm-hmm. all right um before we go one other uh actually two other players that i just wanted to compare off your hitter list and if there's any other uh items that you'd like to go over before we say goodbye to everyone uh feel free but max muncie versus cj crone max muncie you rank him on your hitter list as 49 cj crone at 68 um muncie batting a 136 with a 313 obp not terrible with the obp but that 136 batting average is two home runs nine rbi cj crone put together a real nice season eight home runs 21 rbi 282 batting average uh wins above replacement you got cj crone has one max muncie 0.1 talk to me yeah so right now it it is looking pretty close right uh the thing is i I still have to think about track record right and and the best season for cj crone uh ever is 30 home runs uh, and 92 RBI. He got the 30 home runs in 2018. He got the 92 RBI last season. Last season, he hit 281, 28 home runs, 92 RBI. Pretty good. Uh, Max Muncy has at least 35 home runs in each of his last three seasons where where he played at least 130 games, right? So basically Very not including the 20. That. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's massive power, mm-hmm. right? Yes, the batting average is lower, but... Again, we're talking about a guy who's still walking 19% of the time, striking mm-hmm. out 20% of the time. So the plate discipline looks great, mm-hmm. right? The the uh, expected weighted on base like isn't amazing, but it's 348. And that doesn't, again, that's not a perfect measure, but it does look like some bad luck is really driving a lot of this as well. And again, how weird would it be for him to have a Kyle Schwarber weekend and for us to be talking about this totally differently? Not at all, because I'm going to take a, a line from what you have said in the past. This is not the worst slump of his career. I can remember, uh, you know, a couple of seasons ago where he was batting, you know, just about where we're looking at now, you know, the 150, 140 range. And then, you know, he, he made a comeback. So uh, my only concern with him is that, you know, in the preseason, uh we were all concerned about that. I think it was an elbow injury that he was dealing with. So I'm just hoping that there's no repercussions from that. Uh, but if he's healthy, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I think that he's going to, you know, do what he does. And that's just hit uh, tons of home runs. Batting average wise, I, I don't think he was ever more than a 250 guy. I think Crone's got him on the batting average angle. Uh, Crone might not end up with a 280 batting average by season's end, but, uh, you know, 260 yeah. 270 yeah. That, that's probably the one thing i'll say if you're if you're looking at the projections on crone they're all going to put him down at like this 260 270 range mm-hmm. but don't be don't be surprised if he does this 280 again mm-hmm. right because that's the cool that's what cores can do mm-hmm. it takes a guy who probably hit like 250 260 and turns them into a 270 280 hitter 
because mm-hmm. the outfield is just enormous. So I do think he can continue to have these really, really high batting averages. And that's really what I'm looking for. He actually started really, really slowly last season. So again, the thing about these two is it current trajectory. I'm going to do the list again on Wednesday. They're probably going to be closer, mm-hmm. but all it takes is a week long slump from one and a week long hot streak from the other. And all of a sudden my rankings look like I'm Nostradamus, right? right like right. that. That's where we are right now. And I, I, I'm going to keep saying it because I just want to make sure it's sinking in constantly. These aren't cop-outs. This is actually what would happen mathematically. If, if that were to be the case, that is what would happen. Right. So it's, that's why you don't want to be foolish and come out here and start putting these big foots, foots down because all it's going to take is a week for you to look like you have no idea what you're talking about. Right. So is that the toughest part of doing the hitter list right now? The fact that oh, we're absolutely. Still, that, that the, was so the early in the season. The hardest thing is ranking and... a guy like Taylor Ward mm-hmm. who has just come out here and exploded. Right. Who, who could also be like yet another 20 home run, not quite 10 stolen base guy. There's mm-hmm. a bazillion of those. Right. Right. Now there's not a bazillion of them who can lead off for the angels. Uh, so that matters. But again, a slow week, all of a sudden the whole stat line changes for Taylor Ward. We mm-hmm. weren't even talking about Taylor Ward two weeks ago. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, and it, wasn't, it, it wasn't because we were ignoring him. He just right. a two week hot streak that mm-hmm. changes your number. Like that's half the season right now. Taylor Ward versus uh, Brandon Marsh. Uh, I, I believe I ranked Marsh higher because he's been doing it a little bit longer. He can steal bases, but uh, it's really close. I really want to find out which one of them is going to get the playing time going forward. Hmm. Okay. Fair but enough. Taylor War, like Brandon Marsh has not gotten the opportunity to lead off, and I don't expect he will. So if they both stay full time, it's going to be hard for him to do better than Taylor Ward mm-hmm. unless he's stealing a lot of bases because Taylor Ward's going to lead off, and that's just going to be a lot of runs scored. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. All right, so uh, a, a quick one, Scott. G- good talking to you. Uh, what days do you do the first pitch? So uh, this week I'll actually be doing it for Wednesday morning. I normally do it for uh, Monday morning and Thursday morning. This week it'll be Monday morning and Wednesday morning. Um, also, you know, before we go, I do want to just mention, stop. You know, I've, I've been doing the Reddit AMAs. I hope you guys all check them out. Fridays they start at about noon. We do these AMA, AMAs where me and the staff were answering all the questions we possibly can. I've taken them over for Nick. Nick is in there, uh, so he'll answer questions too. But, you know, we're still getting a lot of the questions of like, you know, do I cut Jesse Winker? What do I do? I mean, honestly, on Friday, we got peppered with what do I do with Kyle Schwarber? The answer is nothing. <laughs> nothing. Because otherwise you you get to hear, you know, someone benched Kyle Schwarber for the weekend. Mm. And they wake up to him going you know, four for eight with three home runs mm-hmm. and raising his slugging by 130 points, but they don't get the raisin slug. Mm. They left it all on the bench, right? Don't bench those guys yet. Please. I implore you top hundred guys. Just you know, really at least top 75 guys. I'm moving them around in the ranks, but don't bench them yet. Mm-hmm. Unless they're like hurt or gone. Right? Like don't, don't do it yet. Just wait, just be patient. Because it's just going to take one series. It's going to take one game, two games, three games. Everything can look different. Just wait. It's going to be okay. I know you're at the bottom of your standings. It's okay. <laughs> no one. There are there are zero fantasy trophies for um, for having a good spot in your standings in April. Mm-hmm. 
good advice, especially also the other thing, you know, once the weather starts heating up. This isn't this isn't normal May. Yeah. Right. This isn't like normally with May, we had all long normal spring spring training Mm -hmm. and we had all of April. We started, you know, over a week into April. On a short spring training Mm -hmm. with cold, awful weather like we do all the time. And all of a sudden people are like, well, it's, it's May now. I, I know what these guys are. You don't, you, we don't know anything. Right. We don't know. We know very little. As long as MLB stops messing with the baseball too, though. All right. Let's cut it out. God, I can't, I can't even work in those variables right now, Joe. <laughs> I can't even, my brain can't handle that, Joe. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you do a great job. Keep up the good work there, Scott. And uh, I guess that slams the lid on things for today. And uh, next time, Scott, that we'll get together is Wednesday, May 11th. Until then, don't forget to follow me at Joe Galena. Follow Scott at If the Chew Fits. Listen to him with the First Pitch podcast. Check out his AMAs on Friday. I'll, I'll even be there. I'll stop by, try to answer some questions as well. Follow our podcast at, at Hacks and Jacks PL. If there's anything specific uh, you'd like us to cover, please let us know. Subscribe to the podcast and uh, leave us a nice review if you can. And as Joe always, wait. Joe, wait. What? What? You're, you're not realizing this because today it's not that day, but you can't let these folks go without letting them know that or at least saying that may the fourth be with you. Ooh, I know it's nice. corny, Joe, but you would have been it. furious if we had let that go. <laughs> I love and it. Nobody said it. <laughs> I love. That's right. We're recording this on the second, but the the episode will debut on May fourth. That's right. May the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. Absolutely, great job there, Scott. Thank you. Uh- Sometimes, sometimes I'm here to help you too, Joe. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, as always, we hope that all your fantasies become realities. May the fourth be with you. May the force be with you. And we'll see you next time. <laughs>